Hello and welcome to Melbourne Rollers. I'm here with uh, Chris Reynolds. How you doing, Chris? I'm excellent, Alan. Uh, nice to be back in the hot seat with you. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's been forever, but it probably hasn't been that long. I think there's just been a bit going on. Yeah, yeah. I think it's been like less than two weeks. Yeah. Like It hasn't been that long at all. Feels like an eternity, but um, uh, yeah, just haven't had a good chat with you, I guess. That's just takes... Yeah. <laughs> it's it's sad. Exactly. Time uh, time is uh, a constant that I can't get my head around at the moment with the newborn in the house. So oh, um, sure. I don't know what's I don't know what's up and I don't know what's down. Yeah, fair enough. Well, we had a pretty big uh, event last weekend. We had the Melbourne Disc Golf Day, which was a, a cool new initiative from the club. Uh, we haven't done that one before, where we had three tourneys. And our three main courses all in the one day, which I thought was a pretty cool idea. Um, yeah, awesome idea. Yeah. Where did you play? Uh, I ended up playing at Stony, um, just in a nice little radius of my house. You know, during COVID <laughs> times, I counted it as being inside the 5K radius. It definitely isn't, but it's uh, close <laughs> enough. What about yourself? Uh, I got out to Bald Hill because every time I play a PDJ thing at Stony, I get crunched. And uh, I wasn't super interested in that. So <laughs> uh, I went out to Bald Hill on it and it was a bit miserable in the morning, but came good and a fun day, fun day overall. Yeah, we've had like, we've had some luck when it comes to some weather uh, the last couple of months, I think. Um, and we've obviously had segments on the podcast where we talked about being not soft and uh, the not soft players had to come out and play on the weekend. There was a definitely a couple of cheeky last minute withdrawals. Oh um, yeah, which is sad to see, but um, it's still pretty well attended throughout the city. I think. Yeah, big big name at uh, at Bald Hill randomly just disappeared. Um, go on, go on. Dave Perry, mate. Oh wow, what's going on? Wow. Timmy yeah. B drove all the way out from Geelong. And then he's looking around and he's like, where's my guy? Where's my competition? DP, the fair weather golfer. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? But anyone from your end? Any big names from your end that dropped out? I'm not sure. Um, no, I don't think so. Um, or I, Yeah, I wasn't really across it, to be honest. Like, I've obviously had a lot going yeah. on. I didn't even know I was in a division by myself <laughs> um, until, like, a few hours before the event, um, thanks to some passionate listeners sending me some spreadsheets and stuff. So I wasn't really across who was signed up, so I can't name names on who pulled out nah, because I don't know who was meant to be there. Nah, those Westies are built a little bit tougher. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like it. Felt it felt full. There was uh, definitely some backlogs, um, and so yeah. Well, we had uh, one at Ruffy as well, which uh, not as many people showed up for. That was the least attended of the three. But man, did some people show up! So uh, yeah. the hot score for the day was surprise, surprise, Ryan Deer with a yep. neg twenty one over the two rounds with a scorching hot 10-15 rated neg 13 round two. Yeah, huge. Uh, only 1,000 rated uh, round for the entire weekend across all three courses, oh, I would believe. Yeah, no, I think so. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Um, yeah, huge. Obviously, what's that, 980-ish average for the event. Um, yeah, it's so good that he's obviously up there playing MPO. And uh, Leo Dykes. Uh, are you familiar with Leo? No, nah, like I've seen the name pop up at, you know, social days, but I just don't hit him any social days anymore. Well, he was, he's new, very, very new to disc golf. Ridiculous. I think uh, Vic, o Vic Open might have been his first event um, or like one thereof. Didn't have a rating at Vic Open. Uh, chucked himself in MA3. Uh, comfortable seven-stroke winner. Oh, in yes. MA, in MA3 at Vic Open. So he's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll bypass MA2, bypass MA1, and uh, just had a crack at MPO with uh, his mate Ryan. And yeah, well, like, can hold his head high as well. Like, yeah, crazy. No, I do remember. Yeah, yeah. This is why I remember the name, because he destroyed yeah. everyone at Vic Open. Yeah, mm. only four shots behind Ryan Deer across two rounds. Yeah, 960 rated event. Wow. Yeah. yeah. These two players that we're talking about have an average PDGA number of... Over 250,000. <laughs> 253,000 and 247,000. Um, Crazy. 
yeah, they are new to the game. But I'll tell you what, there were some other people that brought some hot scores. So Ruben, who's also very good with a neg 19. Yes. Maddie Adams made a, a, a rare appearance for uh, hot, pretty hot neg 12. But even the MA1 boys, like Brennan Venton, neg 16. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. And Jack Brooks, neg 14. Boys just yeah, it's getting it re- done. A lot of red numbers. A lot of red numbers. I think after round one at Ruffy, um, four people across different divisions shot minus eight round one. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. MA50, Shane Trewin, who I'm not familiar with, but destroyed him. Ten stroke win. <laughs> Comfortable. Yeah. And then MA2, neck 10 score, like massive. Some just massive scores everywhere. I need to get back out to Ruffy. That's probably where I should have gone. Yeah, and it rated like, it rated okay. Like 13 under, like obviously it's very under, It's but it's a very gettable course. But for that 10 to 1,000, I thought the ratings were fair. What did you make of the uh, the ratings at Bald Hill? Uh, oh, I was fairly happy with them because <laughs> I did not feel like I played very well. But uh, ended up shooting about my rating. So maybe that just says more about who I am as a disc golfer. That <laughs> I'm just not that good. <laughs> um, but no, nah, definitely the morning round when we had the terrible weather rated quite well. Like I shot a neg one and it was still 9.20 or something. And yeah, that's cool. normally pretty trash uh, at Bald Hill and neg one. So... I was, yeah, very happy, <laughs> very happy with that. And then in the Arvo, not so much, everyone, everyone kind of fired up a bit. So I, what was I? I was three strokes better in the Arvo and my rating was significantly worse. Yeah, seven points worse. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like it's about a four stroke swing morning to Arvo, roughly ratings wise. So, um... Yeah, but no, I think it was pretty good. I was, yeah, oh, I was quite happy with it anyway. Um, pretty cool battle unfolded in MPO at Bald Hill. Yeah, definitely. That was cool to watch. They uh, they were uh, quite close after the first round, only a couple strokes in it, except for Aiden, who was sort of four back, which was a surprise. One of his worst rounds, I would have thought, at Bald Hill. Uh, yep. But then he just started hot, hot, hot in that second round. And, uh, yeah, sort of cooled off a bit. I think he might have taken a big number on a on a hole. And then same with Dazza. Dazza was starting to tear it up and then took quite a big number on that the par, the long par four, I think. Yeah, that kind 14. Of, yeah. yeah, that ended his, ended his run. But, uh, yeah, Ryan Hart and Timmy were, yeah, in a couple of strokes and... Was close going. Uh, Ryan Hart had a hot second round, but so did Tim. So I just couldn't be caught. Timmy B comes down from Geelong and snags it. There you go. Chalk up another W. Timmy B. And I've got to give uh, uh, a shout out to uh, to Timmy, but not a, not a good one. <laughs> so we we're. Uh, I'll touch on the SA Open a little later, but we were there, and um, <laughs> I'm talking to my man uh, Budgie. Because Budgie didn't have his best tournament. And I'm having a good chat with him and I'm saying, oh, Budgie, just come back to MA1. Like, it's, you know, he hasn't been playing a lot, so it's been a really long time since he's cashed, I think. Uh, so I was like, your ratings dropped quite a bit and you haven't cashed in a while. That's easy. That's the criteria. You just message the PGA, say, hey, can you make me an amateur again? You play MA1. He'll start realizing how much better he is than me and all the other MA1 chumps. Uh, and then he'll feel good and he'll dominate and he'll go back up. So Timmy B's in earshot of this and he comes up and says, yeah, yeah, I think I, think I might uh, be looking to come down to MA1 as well. No. <laughs> just, I just said, uh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Tim, we don't want you in MA1. Like, you're not... <laughs> like, I was brutal with him. I was like, no. I'm like, you've had... Like four MPO wins in the last year. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> you want to come? Five. He's up to five now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Like, some of them yeah. are small events, but two heads. You finished fourth at the Vic Open. Like, come on, man. Just pull your head in. 
He's like, yeah, I'm thinking of, thinking of coming down. No, no, you're not. Uh, and then I look mean, at that very next event. Uh, you know, it comes down to Darren and Aiden's house and gets it done. You know, Ryan Hart, no slouch either. But yeah, no, get out of here. Get out of here, MA1, Tim. I'll, I'll go into bat for him a little bit. Um, obviously, many of our listeners uh, saw our Instagram post after SA Open <laughs> about Mind the Gap with uh, Luke Bain. And, I mean, if he's in the middle of that tournament <laughs> up against, obviously, Australia's best player, yeah. um, it does – it is – it could be – it is demoralizing. Like, there is definitely – there's MPO and then there's MPO. And um, I guess we're just at a, a growth point here in Australia where – uh, some of us boys, myself, put myself in that same bucket where I'm just never going to beat Luke Bain. <laughs> um, and so, like, it's a it's a weird division to be in when, like, you've got the likes of him tearing it up. Yeah, well, I wasn't faring much better. I I come second uh, in my division uh, just by a handy ten strokes to Marcus. <laughs> I just spotting that. So I was spotting that. Timmy could come down to MA1 and he. He would have been in a playoff. <laughs> he stays in open. Yeah. He gets a, gets a nice win. Yeah. Uh, and 27 US dollars. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Marcus was good. So I, I obviously have seen him, his name plenty because he dominates all the social days and he's popped up at a few tourneys over the journey. Um, but you're definitely much more on the scene at the moment. And yeah, bit of a lackluster first round for him everyone did though well almost everyone uh but he he came home strong like his last few hole like i think he finished on hole four or something like that so he went like birdie birdie eagle birdie or something uh to get him or because we were both at one under and then i looked and i was still at one under and he was at five under i was like oh never mind but but a 10 down second round which was hot that was the hot score that uh timmy no sorry it was a what was a couple better than uh, Timmy and Ryan? Yeah, might have been. Yeah. yeah, so that was the hot score of the day. Was ten down by him. Forty-eight. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Nice. It's just good. Uh, high, highest rated round uh, for the Bald Hill event. Yeah, it was just good. Yeah. He just throws like straight and far and easy. I don't. Know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's just good. He's just very good at disc golf. So he's much better than me. Like when I see when I see him, I'm just like, oh, okay. You're good. <laughs> Whereas yeah. the others, I'm like, oh, I can kind of hang with, but yeah, I just can't hang with this guy. He's way too good. So hopefully he nicks off uh, back to, uh, up to MPO to mess with Timmy and that. But but no, very well done by him. Just absolutely crunched us. And uh, the other the other people that actually really dominated was Chris Scott and Tim Pollock. So they were on the card with each other in the morning. And yeah, both of them were actually tearing it up. I think Chris Scott might have gone bogey, bogey, finish to stuff his round up a little. But uh, yeah, I think t- they were Tim was like five down in the first round when yep. everyone else was, you know, over par. And um, so that was amazing. I think that was yeah, best or second best score of the morning round. So uh, yeah, very good about all the way down and all the way down in MA three. Yeah, exactly. So um, he ended up yeah finishing on neg nine, touched me up pretty good. Um, yeah, but now a lot of people played pretty decent. But yeah, that really stood out for me. Timmy's first round and then managing to uh, just sort of hold off. Did 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 what he needed to do in the first round and holding off the rest in the second. And Chris got too just too good for anyone in MA two. There's not too many people that can. Touch him at Bald Hill, no, especially uh, in the MA2 not. division. So, no, well done. Well done to those guys. 100%. Um, I tell you what's – I know we're going to get to this conversation later about changing divisions, but what's just jumped out at me about the MA2 division at Bald Hill is uh, Chris Scott started playing 80,000 players ahead of anyone else in his division. Wow, there you go. So PDJ PG number of one two seven x x x x. Yeah. No other no other person has a, a number starting with a one in his division. Yeah, there you and go. He's one two and he's one two seven. 
Mm. Yeah, no, he's, he's been there he's, a little he's while. He's been hanging there a while for sure. Um, obviously the other event that, uh, to, uh, the other course that, uh, popped off, um, on the weekend was Stony. Stony. Um, the battle that has to get mentioned, uh, hundred percent is MA1. I got to talk, uh, relive it again. I just had a, a sneaky, uh, nine holes with Kale this afternoon, actually. Um, the battle that unfolded between Mark Hardy, uh, one of the, obviously DGST crew's own and Kale was... Just one to remember. I love it. I'm one super to... interested in this because Kale just yeah, yeah. looked home after the first round. Home. Home after round one. And and Hardy, Hardy looked like DNFs after round one. Oof. All right. So I, I don't know how deep to go into this story, but we popped out for some lunch uh, between rounds, myself, Mark Hardy, uh, and Kale. There's actually the three of us. We dropped, popped out for some lunch. And Hardy just relives some stories about how he was the biggest asshole on the course for the entire morning <laughs> and like could could not get his head straight and like um like spent like the second half of his round just like apologizing to everyone on his card, apologizing to people not on his card, um, and like trying to like de-escalate really tense situations between a bunch of different random people. Uh, and, he, and I'm like, man, you're the nicest guy in Australia. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> and he's like, I haven't had my best day. I haven't had my best round. Um, and then, um, you know, what, what are we looking? Three, they started on hole two. Um, he gets a stroke back immediately round two. They both bogey, they both bogey hole three. Wow. Stoney played, wow. yeah, Stoney played different. They obviously tweaked, they tweaked the course and three became an island. Ah. And so if you, if you didn't make the island, you were putting from the hazard. Um, and the island was less than 10 meters uh, in radius. Yeah, okay. Um, so like there was an island to play with, but anyway, they both bogey that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, did you um, did you miss the island? No, I didn't miss the <laughs> no. island. So yeah, um, yeah, and they get to hole seven. Kale takes another bogey, um, and then the very next hole, um, Hardy birdies um, hole eight. Obviously, the maybe through no, he threw. I know what he did. He did the cheeky sidearm ace route. Yeah, beauty. On hole eight instead of going through the tunnel, right? And then scores a level. So they've played like six holes, and they're all tied up. Um, back and fast. They, yeah and they just stayed tied up for ages and they I, I was on hole one obviously so they were just always the card in front of me and i just got to watch live scores and watch this unfold and it, it was tense and like on hole 12 kale takes the lead um on hole 13 hardy just ties it up straight away um and then they both birdie 14 um and then they both par 15 and then then it's getting interesting. Like down the stretch at Stony is a bit challenging. Hole sixteen, like that's I, big. I birdie that less. Yeah, I birdie that less than five percent of the that's time for sure. Big. They both birdie that. That's big. Um, Hardy's um, Hardy's got the box at this point because obviously he birdied thirteen. He sends it. I like I said twenty meters pin high to the right. Speaking to Kale today, he said twelve. Let's call it fifty. <laughs> Let's call. It- Let's call it 15, yeah. right? It's definitely not parked on a treacherous basket, right? We all, yeah. 16's basket's treacherous. Kale puts it to two meters. Oh. Hardy Hardy has to obviously step up and putt knowing that Kale's parked. Um, bang, dead center. Huge. Right? And I'm like, I'm up on the tee pad going nuts at this point. Like, that is <laughs> sick because, like, I know the situation. I don't get to watch them play 17 because obviously they sneak off into the woods for 17. Yeah. I'm tapping out on 17, get to see Hardy's disc fly past, brand new basket position for um, 18. I didn't get anywhere near C1 on 18th the entire weekend. Wow. Hardy's got got the box, puts it to three centimeters. (laughs) Just puts puts it on the pole, right? They've got two to play. Kale steps up again. On a hole that I didn't get anywhere near C1 on, um, and like much of the field did not get anywhere near C1 on, and you could go through, you're not going to find many birdies on 18. Kale puts it to one meter, just like follows up. It's like, cool, that's uh, you crazy. This? I'm going to birdie this as well. Um, it's like the sickest, like, flex sidearms to get there with OB everywhere. Um, and then, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch this unfold, but they go to hole one, 
a must-get hole. Hardy puts it to, you know, four metres. Uh, Kale puts it to six. Oh. Airballs air the putt. Oh, no way. Hardy eats pressure for breakfast, knocks it in, and takes out the W in MA1. Wow. Add it to his list. Add it to a very long list of W's in MA1 yeah. for Mark Hardy All this right. year. He's having a hot year for sure. Yeah. Damn, that's cool. I like that. That's very exciting. Yeah, and then was was very exciting. Matty Faz was just behind him too, just thirteen back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, he, he could have pulled. Yeah, yeah no, he could have pulled out the uh, catch can media there for a while and just uh, got some <laughs> some content for us. Good on him to step up, I guess, instead of stepping back down. But uh, oof, that's that's hard to. It'd be hard to be on that card when the boys are just dominating. And you're not yeah. you're not having your best day. Yeah. Uh, uh, good on you, Matty. Well, the other um, yeah, another yeah. honourable mention has to go to um, well a couple of things I need to mention. Aaron can't even say his last name. Yeah, but Melton yeah. Aaron Picanti. It's not even close. <laughs> thirteen thirteen stroke winner. Huge. Um, in MA four. Like first event, no idea. He's quizzing me all weeks. So like, what should I do? I was like, you just play MA four. Like the rule of thumb, play of MA course. four. You haven't played an event before. Uh, if you win, you can always play MA three the next event. Anyway, uh, I look forward to seeing him in MA three in the next event. Yeah, good on him. That's great. I also have to mention uh, Narada in yeah. MA three. It's up there as like a tie. Um, don't let uh, scores fool you. He caught. Let me go into live scores. Three. Three. Three holes in a uh, row. Par plus yeah, no, four. he had to go. To, he had to go to the airport. Yeah, yeah. had to go to the airport. So cops, you know, twelve strokes that he didn't actually throw, um, and so he was going to be a comfortable winner. Yeah, uh, in MA three, uh, by yeah, about the same as what Aaron won by. Like he was going to win by ten plus strokes in MA three. So uh, deserves to be mentioned. Well done, Narada. Nah, he for also sure. Through a started on hole six, started the day on hole six, uh, round one. Um, warming up as because we all had a couple of minutes to warm up. Bang, aces it. Hey, nice. Yeah. That's uh, spicy. And then obviously the whistle blows, gets to start the round. He took a par. Par. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Par in the second round too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, funny. Nah, that's cool. Yeah, I did have my eye on that. I saw he was a million ahead and then saw he didn't. And I was like, what? And I saw What him. happened? Yeah, it took me yeah. ages to figure it out. Yeah, I knew. Yeah. I'd seen in the chats that he was looking to get to the airport, but I yeah didn't quite click that <laughs> that happened. It took me a little while staring. But oh, the big dog though, if uh, if anyone's trying to question who the king of Stony Creek is, well, <laughs> just just calm down. It's clearly you. Uh, I don't think anyone else has any bragging rights. Anyone wants to try to claim anything, they can get stuffed. Because massive, neg nine morning, neg ten Arvo, uh, nine ninety three rated event, easy money for you. Uh, yeah, it was that was a it was a fun day. Obviously, um, had no one in my division. Like the games, like and um, had no expectation on the weekend either. Obviously, because I just haven't been throwing, uh, and I actually mean that hashtag Tim Bowen and. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I just like, yeah, shanked my very first shot a hundred meters OB on hole one. Um, and was like just the immediate reminder of the day is like, cool. Yeah, that's right. You haven't touched a Frisbee in ages. Like just have some fun. Got some birdies. The ratings were generous. Um, obviously you avoided it because ratings are often, often brutal. Yeah. Um, at Stony, the course was, I guess, significantly tweaked with four or five holes, not the normal holes um and all of those tweaks definitely made the course harder like none of those tweaks were making any of the holes easier they were making all of the holes significantly harder like 9 and 18 are like walk up birdies um i didn't birdie on for the weekend either 9 or 18 um yeah, so like they took away yeah they took away automatic birdies there and stuff i already said the island on 3 that being said i i when i went to lunch with my minus 9 I was like, oh, you know, that felt like 960, 970. Like it was, I knew it was good, like higher than my rating. Mm. But 
when I saw it was 993, I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's um, nice. Yeah, that's nice. And then, because often Stony le- leaves you feeling the other way. It's like, you, I've had a minus 11 there go for 940. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, what's this rating going to do? So yeah, that was cool. Nah, that's I'm, good. Uh, happy, happy with the event. And I did not see anyone whose event average was higher than 993 over the whole weekend. So in my books, that makes you the Melbourne Disc Golf Day champion. Uh, fitting is that, well. Is well that how you're reading it? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I'm reading it. Yeah, 100% that's how I'm reading it. <laughs> nice, very nice. Well, well done by you. So Cheers. we did, uh, we touched on the SAO, but we talked about it a little bit on last pod because uh, I was heading over, so it was interesting to us. <laughs> it was. And you mentioned the Mind the Gap post because Jesus... Bainey just destroyed everyone. So for anyone who hasn't played the Parklands course, it's, I don't know, it's, I really enjoy it. It's, uh, it's not a super long course. I was throwing my FD flat out, um, some sort of technical shots, but nothing crazy. Not like technical, like Invalid, just a good, fun, you know, reasonable, challenging course. But man, Bainey's just so good. It's crazy. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, he had a pretty average first round, I guess, compared to the rest of it. Uh, I remember I was talking to Patty, who was having a chat with him, must have caught up with him sort of during the the first round, or maybe just after, I don't know. And Patty, Patty finished even or something like that, I think, for the for the first round, which was pretty pretty poor for him. And I remember he was just saying he was talking to Bainey. Bainey's like, yeah, nah, I left a bunch out there, not really feeling it. Bainey rolled with a neg seven, which was the hot score <laughs> of the round, like I think reasonably comfortably. Um, just scrolling through the scores, like there's only three <laughs> people outside of MPO that finished um, with neg seven after the three rounds. <laughs> so yeah. he got that, and Patty was like, oh, yeah, same, even. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's just on another level and then just annihilated round two and three uh, ridiculous what was it round ratings 1032 1026 round two and three one bogey for the the event uh, which Big. was messed up Big. and there was uh, 19 different holes and I'm pretty sure he birdied 18 of them over the yeah, over the three huge. rounds, it was crazy, just crazy. Uh, and the one he didn't it was tough. Like it was this tough par five with a very tricky approach. There wasn't a lot of birdies on the day. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. Hats off to him. Just crazy. Fifteen strokes, sorry, sixteen strokes better than Patty. Neg thirty one first. Neg fifteen second. Yikes. In a three round event. Yikes. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So. No, good job, Bainey. He's just way too good. And uh, when did you said he's heading off soon to to Europe? Yeah, right? so he's he's uh, he's over. An event starts what, tomorrow. His time, maybe the day after for us, like around Saturday, the Estonian Open. Um, yeah, himself and Paul Macbeth, uh, two of the notable entries to the Estonian Open. So, um, yeah, look forward to seeing how he mixes it with some other, obviously thousand rated players. Yeah, nah, cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely be keeping an eye on that. Uh, we had a few... Um, of, yeah? No, no, go, go, go. We had a few of the Melbourne boys come across for MA2. We had Seb and Phil and Kyle make the journey over and came up pretty strong, actually. Seb got the W, uh, next six, across the three rounds. Couple strokes over one of the local boys, Ash Gabe. And then it dropped off pretty aggressively after that. Um, <laughs> bit of a gap between uh, Ash and Phil. But yeah, Phil snuck in a third, so that was good. But yeah, nice nice form by Seb. Stayed fairly consistent and then had a hot third round to, to really do what he needed to do. Chase down uh, Ash, who was leading at the time, I think. There you go. So, Is Ash uh, local or? Yeah. Yeah, Ash Gabe's a yeah. local. So, uh, him and his brother, Peter, 
he crushed his brother, so <laughs> he gets the family chocolates there. But yeah, well done to Seba and Indita Weber. She's just continuing her dominance. She's in the FA2 now, and uh, yeah, five-stroke lead over another local Kate. Or well, she's from Gambia, but still, uh, she's up and about. So and playing significantly above her rating um, for the event as well. Anita's rating, yeah, I, I won't be surprised if Anita hits eight hundred before the end of the year. Um, Seven sixteen is not a true reflection of the golf that Anita's capable of. Yeah, I completely agree. She is definitely killing it, and yeah, she'll her rating will be reflecting that very very soon if she keeps it up. So, now good on good on her. Uh, what else did we have? We had, uh, oh, the MA1, which I, very interesting to me because I'm in it, but, uh, <laughs> just an absolute. Oh, yes. I got, I, I've completely forgotten that I got to watch this, uh, the playoff unfold. Yeah. An absolute local fest. First, yeah. second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and then equal eighth, <laughs> top eight, all SA crew uh they are without a doubt the premier state for ma1 so yeah there's some good players around but they they have the depth in ma1 like you wouldn't believe so Uh i'm I'm just clocking you've got a 950 rated golfer yeah but i don't know if roads counts (laughs) Nah, he does, he does, he's good, he's very consistent, he doesn't travel too much though, but he he he, he gets around for a little bit, but now Rhodes is very good. This is, this is why Tim and I feel like we can join MA1. Yeah, exactly. What's going on here? Now Rhodes is quite good, and Gareth is, uh, too, that 946 is a bit deflated, I think it might be within less than a year that he was playing, like, a four hands only, because he's thing was cooked or he played around the tawny left-handed or something i can't remember he had some there was some shenanigans going on where he was he was playing quiet at my level uh and now he's back so he's yeah. he's every bit of 950 golfer as well but yeah so you mentioned the playoff yes it was pretty hectic i was i was a couple cards back so i didn't see all of the action unfold but um it yeah it was just kind of going back and forth to Tom Lee, Bruce, had a massive leap early. Um, oh, sorry, not a massive leap, but he had a very he had the hot round to start the uh, yeah. start the event, uh, and to seem like a bit of a front runner, got caught up a little bit in the second round, um, and then just immediately hit the stumbling blocks in the third round. Just really started slowing down, and Gareth and and Rhodes caught him quite quick. And then it was a fair back and forth, uh, but it looks sort of, Bruce just looked out of it, and then with about, oh, I can't remember how many, I'm going to say five holes left, uh, ace, tournament ace, Bang. pretty cool hole to get to, like not super far, a little downhill, but like a, a sort of tight gap you got to hit, and then it's got to flare over to the basket. Uh, sick. So I heard it. It's on film somewhere. Noblet got it. Uh, so yeah, pretty cool. And then bang, that put him right back there. Either equal leader or took the lead. Uh, really turn, really turn the tides. And then yeah, I don't know, just a little bit of back and forth between them. And then all of a sudden they were all on neg nine, and I think they all parred their last hole like. A, Hole two there is super tough. It's this uphill thing with OB and the tight ceiling. and I don't even throw it. I just throw way, way over on the right, nowhere near the fairway, and then chip up for par because I'm too trash to, to try to go at it. Uh, but they all had looks, like long looks, and uh, Bruce actually hit a fair bit of chain, I think, <laughs> uh, before his eventually fell out. Uh, so yeah, three-way tie for the playoffs, which was cool. And uh, I think two of the boys, or oh, Gareth had it on toast. So uh, Rhodes' shot was terrible. And Gareth was hot. It was about six meters away. And Bruce was about 15 or something. So Rhodes ran some crazy shot 
no good, went OB long. And Bruce missed his 12-something-metre putt. So all Gareth had to do was hit his six-metre putt. But that was the one thing he couldn't do all day. So <laughs> so nothing changed in the playoff. Missed that. And then uh, Bruce and Gareth moved on. Both had a pretty good look at that hole two again, which was tough. Uh, but yeah, pars. And then hole three, which is maybe the was the second easiest hole on the course. And Bruce just shanked it. Horrendous. Terrible shot. And uh, Gareth put it to like five again, and yeah, he managed to hit that one. Uh, moved on quite nicely. And I'm got, so I'm quite good friends with Gareth, as you know. And I was staying at his house over the weekend. And uh, our other good friend, Jono, who lives 10 minutes from the course, chose to come and stay with Gareth, who lives about half an hour from the course. Uh, because Ed Hessline and Matty G from Tassie came up as well and we're all staying at Garrett's house and just, you know, have fun with the boys. Like Jono was a bit more interested in in that than, uh, I guess his play and he was TD. So he he had to be there early. Um, monster, monster night, Friday night. Uh, probably the biggest this golf night I've ever had. Uh, it was, we went hard. We were playing poker. We were, yeah, between the four of us, we, <laughs> they got through plenty of beers. We got through a bottle of whiskey. We got through a liter bottle of fireball and it, some port was coming out, like just everything. It was big. And before you know it, most everyone going to bed. It's just Gareth and I just <laughs> dribbling crap to each other. And Garrett's lovely wife came in at 3.30 in the morning and said, you guys had better go to bed because Garrett's got to wake up in like an hour and a bit. (laughs) (laughs) So we go, okay, good. Yeah, probably. So (laughs) we go to bed. Gareth gets dragged out of bed an hour and a half later to go set up the course and whatnot. Um, I got a monstrous two and a half hours of sleep and... Oh, I am telling you now, I have never felt worse at a disc golf rant, like tournament ever. Uh, absolutely horrendous. Just felt terrible all weekend. I was sick for like a week after it too. Um, and I, like, I, I thought I played okay. Like <laughs> I ended up shooting neg one that first round and it's, it's I think, then I think plus one, plus two or something. Um, like slowly got worse over the weekend and I was just so impressed with how, how well my body held up and Gareth was amazing. Like I think his first round, what I shot, I shot neg one. Yeah. So he shot neg four and I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) It was crazy. Like he was like full drunk four hours before the round. Uh, I, I love that. That's classic, classic MA one shenanigans. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I'm so impressed by that. Uh, and his body didn't just absolutely live deteriorate. Well, he got one stroke worse every round. Um, but I guess he was yeah somehow hot that and hot enough that first round. But uh, incredible, super super impressed by that. Uh, but other than that, we don't want to talk too much. Ben Paule. <laughs> Ben Ballet. Yeah, how did the Ben? How did the Ben Ballet <laughs> Ali AB so battle? I go? I guaranteed that I would beat him. I was like, oh, there's no way. I swear he doesn't even play anymore. Uh, for those who don't know, Ballet is, a, is an ulti- one of the ultimate converts. He's pretty good at disc golf as well, uh, and a funny bloke. But uh, first round horrendous. Uh, what did he shoot? Like plus eight. I'm gonna say no nah, plus. I was seven shots worse than you. And I was neg one. So yeah, plus six. Um, See, after round one, I'm seven strokes on him. And I'm like, I slept for two and a half hours. Like, what do you, (laughs) this is is your champion? Like, I got this guy easy. Uh, And then bang, did the tables turn. I think he, (laughs) what is you shot like uh, neg five, neg five or something the next two rounds. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Uh, if you had it out three times, it would have absolutely destroyed the field. <laughs> um, so good on you, Paolo, for recovering. Um, yeah, got me by six in the end. <laughs> so 
So, but no, that was a that was a fun one to watch. But <clears throat> but now, yeah, the three boys, good on them. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully, next next year, someone from some other state can come and teach them how real MA ones played. Might have to pay for Marcus to fly over just to touch him up. Yeah, true. <laughs> but uh, super fun, super fun course, super fun event. It's three rounds in two days, which I like. Um, yeah, good times. Nice um, yeah. So we got, a, we got a cool question come in from one of our listeners, didn't we? Chris Scott. Oh, that's who it was. Uh. Yeah, Chris Scott, asking for a friend. Asking uh, for a friend, he, is he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's asking for a friend. Let's just stipulate that. Um, he's not interested in the move himself. But the question is, uh, when do you know or when is the right time to move up divisions? Mm, that is a wonderful question. Wonderful question. <coughs> what uh, What are your thoughts, Chris? Have you got a, my, a my, specific yeah, yeah, I've theory? Got, I've, got a, yeah, I've, got, I've got a mixture of theories. One of them, the first one I want to say is like, this is a very non-American question, yes. Um, and I th- and it, and to a certain extent, like a non-European question as well. Like, when the population and the growth of the sport gets to such a point that you can just use the division descriptions to like make the sound decision, and it just makes sense to everyone. Uh, it'll be cool if we ever get to that point in Australia, but. I think I think we're not at that point in Australia, and you know, it, I I lean back into one of our other conversations that we had that you know it, it gets diluted, like the whole divisional scenario that we have, um, you know, unfold here uh, gets really diluted, and um, you know, we spoke about in the last podcast that you know there were only Melbourne Disc Golf was paying out prizes to any division that had more than four players. We've had a hundred players play disc golf over the weekend, and I think um, maybe four divisions happened with more than four players. Wow! Um, because you just yeah, you've just got a bunch of divisions with one or two or three people in it because there is just so many divisions. Um, so yeah, that's my first thought. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, for me, I think it's very simple. The PDJ has the guidelines and just go with them. Like, uh, you know, Marcus is 940-something rated in MA1, and I'm not mad at that. Like, I shouldn't be there. I'm just playing up because, well, I, yeah, I <laughs> have a few different reasons for that. But um, So I think for the men's side of it, it's once you hit 900, then you have to move up from MA3. To MA2, and once you hit 9.35, you have to move up from MA2 to MA1, and I think it's it's suggest- you they can't make you play open, uh, yeah. but it's yeah. generally suggested that an open player is someone who is over 950 rated. Um, yeah. <laughs> to me, it's it's as simple as that. So, like Chris Scott wins a lot in MA2, but that's not his fault. He's nine twenty something rated. That's well within the nine thirty five. Um, I'm not mad at it. I think he's right where he should be. I think he's right where I should be as well. But um, I, so as you know, uh, quite a few years back, the ADG had their own guidelines uh, for like the same reasons we're battling now, just dilution and no one being good enough to. To move up, and I distinctly remember that uh, once MA2 came in, came about, uh, and I dropped back down from MA1 to MA2, the suggested rating to go up to MA1 was 900, and I always just remembered trying to hit that target, it it took me years and years and years, and once I hit 900, I went up, and I just, yeah, for me, I'm sort of happy with I'm happy playing in MA1 now for yeah, lots of different reasons. You get later tee times. I know most of the people, you know, I'm not going to just get rolled by like some local at a tournament. Um, you know, I'm still going to lose, but I know who's going to beat me. <laughs> There's some comfort in that. Yeah. 
lot, lots of different stuff. Um, and I've just been playing forever, so I'm just, yeah, I'm too, <laughs> I don't know. If I'm still rolling in MA2 and these guys have been playing for one minute, I'm like, yeah, just 10 years. And they're killing me. That just That's just sad. <laughs> At least most of the guys in MA1 have been playing for a handful of years. Um, but no, I don't know. Just stick to the stick to the guidelines. I think it's pretty simple. I nice like and it. Cle- oh, well, yeah, nice and clear cut oh, well, for me. Um, I definitely feel like it's... I don't know if teething issues is the right way to say it, but there definitely is some tension and some complexity with it because of the fact that we are so small and ADG did have a period of time where, you know, we steered away from it. And then there's just all these like pretty passionate, strong, like rules of thumb. Like the one I said earlier, like where you win it, if you win an MA4, like don't play MA4 again. Like, like yeah. that's going to get, frowned, that's going to get frowned upon. So go to MA3. And so then, um, you know, and then, you know, we've got situations where like, I'm sure Chris Scott cops heat. I'm sure Seb Williams cops heat. I, we know for certain that, um, why is his name escaping? Matt Hill. Matt, Matt Hill cops all sorts of heat. Um, but he's, he's no different to Tom Roden. Like now that that number pops up in front of me, um, and you won't find, you actually won't find guidance around, you know, once you're MPO, like go MPO when you're 950. When I moved to, when I moved to the UK and like the UK is very similar to here in Australia. I remember I moved over there as an MA1 player. I was like maybe 918, 920 rated when I moved over there. Um, like very comfortable in MA1. Um, maybe it, I don't think I'd even won an MA1 event. I don't think at the point, but as soon as I got there, like, the um the scene in London was like, whoa, you're 920 rated. Why aren't you playing MPO? Like, and hmm. that, you know, and like, and that at that time here, like 930, loads of 930 rated players were playing MPO, and so, and we all still exist. So there's like a bunch of our our generation who are playing in the wrong division. Um, yeah, yeah, and for sure. So then, w- when you've got these Chris Scotts and Sebs and Matt Hills who have come to the game, you know, later or during the COVID boom, they're looking, they're looking at this and they're going, whoa, 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 like what's going on? And then, you know, they get called sandbagger. But I think if we continue to grow at the rate that we're growing and nothing seems to be slowing us down here in Australia, like all of the indicators show that we continue to grow, like I would hold, if you were comfortable in the division you were in and you fit within the PDJ guidelines, and I think your point about, having a group of people that you like competing against in your division, why move? Like, yeah, I like, I like MPO at the moment. Um, and I like the guys I get to play against. If I could go to MA1, I would, but I think I'm probably more just holding out to go to like MP40. Yeah. That's going to be a hot division soon. Yeah. When I first, um, like, and yeah, I've shared with this with the boys before. Again, when I first moved to MPO, I was living in the UK um, and like kind of got bullied into it and it was fine. And we, we kind of had a Luke Bain scenario going on over there as well. There's this guy, Dan Ryan. He was thousand rated at the time, expat American. And there was a couple others as well who would just smack us. And so like the best you could hope for was like third at any given event. Yeah. Um, and, and be 16 strokes behind second. Um, <laughs> And so we had, we made up our own trophy and it got to the point where, um, we actually were part of the trophy ceremonies. They would like hand out the MPO winner, the MA1 winner and all of this. And then they would hand out, um, we were called, like we have like, had our own sub name, the dead sheep disc golf tour trophy. <laughs> um, because we like were our own group of people in the wrong division essentially. Um, and we should have been an MA1, but we weren't. Yeah, um, no, I love so that. So yeah, yeah, stick to your guns. In I agree with you. We need to go with the guidelines, um, and we hopefully will just go to a point where um, d- all divisions are full. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, if you're like, if you're playing upper division like me, like own it. You know, don't like don't be mad at Chris Scott because he's better than you and playing in a worse division. That's not his fault. That's you know that's my stupid fault for going up. So like I'm not mad at him. And yeah, I wouldn't be mad at anyone, you know, staying in their stuff. I'm a little mad at Matt Hill. Um, he's like one of the top ten players in Australia. 
But anyway, that's a bit, that's a little bit different. Uh, but yeah, if you're allowed to play in a division, play in a division. And I love your point. Like I have the, you know, the polecat that I play with, uh, will play four with Jacob and uh, Patman when he's back in the country. And that's, you know, that's something, if, if you're just consistently getting destroyed, which is basically what happens to me, then yeah, find some other people and play for something fun. Like, it's not their fault they're better than me. <laughs> well, what you'll also find in the States, the only other thing I want to add to this is like, Mark Hardy's going to play the M World Champs um, and he'll be in MA1. Yeah. And whoever wins, right, next year will be on the Pro Tour. And if anything goes like the last couple of years has, whoever wins his comp in the next couple of weeks next year on the pro tour will be making league card appearances. That's crazy. Like, cause there is no top cap for MA one and the guys that play am and uh, admittedly, they're mostly kids. Um, you know, like Evan Scott's one, you just have to go back two years in his PDJ history. And he was an am player. And I, I think he might've won am worlds a couple of years ago. Um, and he was lead card on the weekend at whatever that event was called. Um, you know, these are, you know, knocking on the door of like being the next 1050 rated golfers, uh, in the sport and they're playing MA1, um, because they can, yeah. and then they, they go pro cause they want to go pro. And I guess that's what Australia is missing. And I, and it's something that we know that Bainey's fighting for and fighting for better prize money. Um, and so there's a bit of a distinction between more of a distinction between what's an MA one golfer and what's an MPO golfer. Yeah. No, that sounds good. I'm, I'm down with that. If anyone has any other opinions, then uh, hit us up on the socials. Tell us, tell us what you think. But, um, yeah, it sounds like Chris and I are pretty united to stick to the guidelines and it should all be fine. <laughs> go up if you exactly. want to go up, but yeah, if, um, don't, if you don't, um, if you're having fun, stay. Yeah. All right, we uh, we got anything else, or are we wrapping this up? Oh, we got it. We got to do our favourite segment. No, of course. This is how we wrap it up. Okay, beautiful, good, good, yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, no, I've got I've got nothing else. Nice. Um, we'll jump into yeah, the spotlight, I'd, not light. Yes, please. And I I I had one right before we started recording, and like they've both deserted me. So I'm like thinking on the fly as we're talking out aloud right now. I've got my not light, but I'm, uh, I'm trying to remember my spotlight. <laughs> open, open with your not light. Cause I, it might remind me of mine. Nah, sounds good. All right. So I talked about the SA open and on the third round, I was playing with Sam K one of the Adelaide locals. And he mentioned to me about how, the Melbourne guys coming over and just being dickheads on the course. And I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Uh, and he was saying that... Uh, not Eagles, not Eagles. Yeah, yeah. So, They're not- um, <laughs> so some of the Melbourne crew were swearing, yelling, throwing their discs or throwing their like bags and getting a bit loose and like I, I've definitely been victim to that sometimes but apparently this was pretty bad and pretty pretty consistent and uh, um, his his quote that really stuck out to me was you're not good enough to be that mad brutal <laughs> so, <laughs> I just thought that was <laughs> that was fucking that was hilarious uh, so it was very sad for me to hear from one of the Adelaide guys that the the Melbourne there wasn't a very large contingent that went over, so you could probably figure out who who I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, it was that was sad for me to hear that uh, there was yeah two or three Melbourne guys that were yeah like visibly and audibly making themselves look stupid and making the club look bad. So uh, that's my not light. I don't care if it's a tournament. Um, just calm down a little bit. Like, yeah, you know, it's not uh, Beatty won by a billion over anyone who played. Um, so don't be that mad. 
because you're not that good. <laughs> Fair. And I and I hazard a guess they're not even in that division. No, 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 no. Let's uh, let, look look a lower division than even where I'm at. <laughs> And uh, and then you might find the culprits. So um, I haven't confronted them about it, but I don't know, Sam. I don't, it'd be very weird for Sam to lie to me. So <laughs> I'm I'm taking him at his word. And I, I definitely saw one of them very disgruntled after round three. <laughs> Probably because I just pipped him. But <laughs> anyway, uh, that's um, my not my like. Not yeah, like. getting too nuts on the course. Relax. We do this for fun. Ah, good. No, we're not supporters of that. Good. Mm. All right. My not light. Um, I don't know if I need to tread carefully with this one, but I don't think I do. My not light uh, actually goes towards... Um, <laughs> actually goes towards a, a no-danger park ranger oh. um, who, who frequents um, Stony Creek Park. Um, and unfortunately is a passionate um, advocate against disc golf. And it's unfounded, unwarranted. Uh, as someone who's been using that park now for over 10 years, um, obviously we are positive contributors to the environment. Um, all, you know, Many of the locals agree, and unfortunately we're in the situation where one person with a loud voice has a lot of sway and, um, you know, can have negative impacts, um, you know, back into the course. And um, it's just disheartening. I'm sure he's not a listener to this podcast. But, um, and, um, but if anyone knows him, let him know we got a not light shout out. Nah, sounds good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Spotlights like we touched. I touched on Tim Pollock and Chris Scott and uh, Gareth at the SA Open. I don't know Marcus. Yeah, we touched on a lot of good stuff, but nothing really stood out to me as good enough to warrant a spotlight. So we don't just give these out. So um, no, I got nothing. Good. I got nothing for I'm- anyone. Be better. Someone impressed me. <laughs> come, come on, Melbourne. All right, good. Good. You got something? Um, I, I do, I do, and I like, I do like. I just, I didn't call you on it at the time, but I do like that you've moved away from naming names in your not lights, because that way we can't hold you accountable to their age. <laughs> so that was that. That was smart by you. <laughs> These no, people I, are over sixteen. Okay, I do have a spotlight. A hundred percent, I have a spotlight. Um, my spotlight has to go to, like, well, honorable mention has to go to the entire Melton crew. Hashtag not soft. Obviously, we've put a course out there. Some passionate players getting out, representing. Mentioned the winner in MA4. Went and played there casually after work today. 14 people. But my specifically, my spotlight has to go to uh, a young Riley Maple. Um, just the amount of this. He's the opposite to your spotlight. The energy. He, sorry, the opposite to your not light. The energy he brings to the course day in, day out, and just the youthful enthusiasm for the enjoyment of the flight and just anything that can happen is just like it's um, it's motivating, it's uh, energizing. That's the word I'm looking for. Anyway, I'm waiting. We're playing Stony Creek. I'm waiting on hole 16. He's playing hole six behind me. Um, and round two, it's obviously in miserable weather, steps up, um, puts it to like two meters, just runs up to me on the tee pad. We're waiting for the people to finish on the basket. And he's like, look, 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 look where my drive is. Look where my drive is. And he's just like out of his brain excited that he's like got an opportunity to hit a birdie, steps up, hits the birdie. And he's just like Mary Poppins, you know, floating off. And, um, yeah, it's just awesome to see new people to disc golf and see their enthusiasm, um, it brings joy. That's amazing. Love that. Good spotlight by you. Good spotlight. All my car mates were shit, so. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, nah. Nah, cool. Very nice. All right, well, um, yeah. That was a fun, uh, fun little chat. We got through about an hour of that. That was good. 
We did. I look forward to seeing how the technical side of this works out. Yeah, yeah. We are. <laughs> so hopefully the audio sounds a little bit better. Chris and I are still not in the same room, but uh, I think hopefully we've managed to 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 get something together that sounds a little bit better than what we have been doing with our janky setup. Um, but it's very possible that you might only get my portion of the audio and you might just have to <laughs> fill in the gaps. So. <laughs> we'll see. We'll and see. What's this? Are we number 11? Are we, we're double digits now. Yeah, potty 11. Oh, we're huge. Easy. We'll be at 100 before yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace out.